excited here at Forest View to be starting a new series. Our series is called Gifted. And we're, we want to just delve into what it means to be gifted. I think it's really important that as Christians, we recognize that when we talk about gift, this is like a major theological theme. And I, I would say gift giving begins Genesis 1, when God creates. Like reality, this physical universe is a gift. Your very breath is a gift. And this church is a gift. God has given us so much. When we start to think about gift as this, this theme, it gets really deep really quickly. I was at a wedding uh, this weekend, and I always love weddings because you, you kind of, you start to think about the gift, like the gift the couple is to each other, right? The gift the families have now of new family members entering together. Um, you have all the gifts, kind of like at the back here today. We have some gifts sitting on the back tables. It says church, and you can see each letter is kind of wrapped as a, as a gift. And we, we're very thankful for Lynn Izzard and her gift of artistry to help kind of illustrate this theme. When you think about a, a wedding like that, you start to understand the, the reality of, of the gift of life itself, the gift of love. And so we're going to kind of delve into this theme as we continue for the next few weeks, the idea of what it is to be gifted, and to recognize that each of us is a gift as much as we also have received the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I was uh, getting to hang out a lot with uh, some med students. Every single one of the bridesmaids was a medical student of some sort at different schools. So I thought it was very kind of a cool uh, experience. And so I, maybe it kind of rubbed off on me. So I want to just begin by talking about the body. We heard Amy talking about how she, she realized her body was a gift, right? And how she, she understood her health as a gift. And, and she used her spiritual gifts of teaching in combination with that. And so I just want to talk really quickly about the gift of the body and start to recognize the complexity that this gift is. When we talk about the body that we each have, there are many different body parts, but there's also many different systems. There's 12 systems that I'm going to kind of run through quickly with you. It won't go too long. I know this is not med school. We, we <laughs> the first one is the, the circulatory system. This is where your heart is pumping the blood all the way through your body, supplying oxygen. We also have the digestive system where you eat something and then you swallow it and your stomach and everything breaks that down. We also have the endocrine system where your hormones are responsible for development I know a lot of uh, ladies, when they're, when they're going through uh, postnatal, sometimes there's issues with the, the hormones because it's such a delicate system. There's a lymphatic system where you actually have this other system that's helping trying to fight off pathogens, fight off things that are trying to attack your body. We have the muscular system. This is the system that kind of holds you together, allows you to, to move and have strength. We have the nervous system, which is allowing all of the organs to kind of communicate within one another. So this is a complex entity, this, this body. The reproductive system, which is responsible for making sure the human race continues on. There's the respiratory system, where we're, we're bringing in air, and that is now taking the, the little oxygen molecules we can't even see and supplying energy to the whole of our body. You have the skeletal system that just kind of holds everything together with the cartilage and, and the bones and the muscles. There's a urinary system, which is getting flushing everything out. And then you have what you call the integumentary system, which is like your hair and your nails and, and all of these different things. When you think of yourself as a, as a human in your body, you are all those systems happening concurrently without you even thinking about them. Like how often are you thinking, like, oh, I better grow my, my nails. It's just happy. These are gifts that you are given. 
Every single human is a gift, is given the gift of life. You are a wondrous machine. You're fearfully made. And Scripture wants to tell us that we need to look closely at what the body is and understand that as a gift, and then start to recognize that it gets bigger, that we are individually all parts of a body, and the church is this wonderful fearfully made machine and this fearfully made organism that is growing. We don't quite understand it all, but we're all parts of different systems that are all interworking and growing together. That's the picture of what the church is. 1 Corinthians 12, just as a body, the one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, to form one body. I love how the spirit comes first. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. The Holy Spirit of God, in infinite wisdom, decided that the way that God was going to show himself through humanity was to bring together a whole bunch of parts and show a beautiful organism, a holistic growing thing called the church. And that's what we are part of. And it's interesting because it gets right into it right off the bat. It's like we understand there's diversity, right? There's, there's ethnic diversity. There's Jew and there's Gentile. There's economic and political diversity. There's, there's slave and there's free. There's a lot of differences in the human condition. And yet somehow the Holy Spirit of God has brought us together for a purpose, and each of us has a part to play because we are all a part of this body. And it's very clear. It's like we are one. Sometimes I got this picture when I was a kid. I, liked, I used to watch Voltron. You ever watch that cartoon of the little lions? They all come together as one big giant robot. Together they're stronger. So I like, I like to think of the churches. We don't really recognize the power that comes when the Holy Spirit draws us together sometimes. We don't understand everything that's going on behind it. We don't know every system, how it's all working, but we have to understand and trust that God is doing something. And sometimes that's a little scary. We're like, oh, I don't know. Is this really working? Is this church working? Is the, is the church thing really real? And it continues on. Now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to this body. It would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. It's a powerful moment, because I know we all probably have some friends who are like, eh, I don't know if the church thinks for me anymore. And maybe they'll say, I, I, I still believe in Jesus, but I'm not, I'm not going to be part of any organized. I love the word organized. It's organized religion. That equals evil. But I started to think of a body. If you have a disorganized body, if your body starts breaking down disorganization, that is a very, very bad situation. That's when we start getting on our knees and praying, oh, no, please, Lord, reorganize the body. So what are, the, what are the reasons that people say, I don't know if I belong? Why would the eye say, ah, I'm, I'm out of this body thing? Well, one of them might be that they feel that they're not the same in maybe it's age group. So we start to see some churches like start to specialize in ages, or maybe sometimes it can be culture. 
I'm not really the same culture. And we, we, we often see sometimes churches organize around cultures. We see economics, maybe personality types. Eh. They're all A types. Oh, this, they're too artsy. And you have to think of reasons why we might go, eh, I'm going to withdraw from the body. And when we do that, we're not recognizing the realities. You're part of the body. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you have the spirit of God within you, you're part of the body. The body universal. Now, I, I get there's the difference between the universal church and the individual local manifestation. But it's, it's recognizing that we can't, we can't get out of this. We're, we're, we are part of the body. You are part of the body of Christ if you follow Jesus. So how are you functioning in it? I would say if, if we're not functioning in the body and kind of rolling with it, then we start robbing ourselves. Because what we're doing is, if you're an eye and you're not helping the rest of the body see where it's going, you're going to miss out. If you're an eye, you want your feet to take you to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro, don't you? You want to see like the beautiful pictures that the feet can help you. You're thinking, ah, oh, I'm an eye, I don't, I don't need, the... no, yeah, you need all the different parts of the body. It's going to take you to places where you're going to now be blessed by the gifts of the other parts. We need each other. And you're going to rob yourself, and you're going to rob other people because they need you. So I think the first thing that he's saying to us here is there's no more denial. You can't say you don't belong. Accept that you are part of God's body, that Christ wants you to fulfill your role within the whole. If the whole were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body was an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body. Every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. God has placed you just where he wants you to be. It's a strong sentence. If they're all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there's many parts, but one body. If you weren't here, if you weren't part of the body of Christ, something would be missing. God has you exactly where he wants you to be. Now, maybe he's going to grow you and take you somewhere else. We understand that the spirit moves. But the point is that he has you where you are for a reason. That's a powerful thing. You can just start where you are and go, okay. I can start from this place and recognize that God has me where he wants me and he can do with me what he needs from me. There's a reason here, and God loves the diversity. He loves you and all your weirdnesses. He loves the church and all its difference, and he wants to unify the church, the diversity and the unity. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are actually indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. I love this. Like, there's, you can't say you don't need the other people. You can't say you don't need... And sometimes there's difficult people. We, I love that prayer. Thank you. The people that bug us, right? Those people in the church are going to bug us. 
There's been people in the church who are kind of like, ah, how do they fit? I think it's actually it's a bad influence or it's not, it's not helping. God has everyone where he wants to be. Even it's just to help you deal with your patience, like we heard Amy talking about growing our patience, right? I remember that. I've seen that in churches before. I remember um, in a church where there was some, some people who were kind of coming from the streets and had a real rough edges to them. And that can really grain, like go against the grain, right? It can kind of grate. And it, and you, but you start to realize that, that they're there for a reason. God's helping shape the community through that. And maybe you're one of those people. Recognize that you are really important. The church needs this. The church needs you wherever you are and however you're presented. Because God has put the body together. So keep thinking that. God put the body together. Giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, that there should be no division in the body. But that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, I've seen this already in, in coming to Forest View. I've seen celebrations together. I've seen mourning together. And this is a reality, isn't it? The fact that together God's people, it affects us. And of course, some, some might be more acute than others, but there's a, a reality, this sense of we're in this together. That something happens when we share together our pains, and we share together our joys. God wants us to recognize that we are interdependent. We need each other, and we affect each other, whether we want to or not. That's how God put the body together. And you know what? He doesn't want division. This is one of the problems with the church, is that there's so many divisions, right? In individual local churches, but also just in general. It's kind of like, but we know that's not what God wants. God's always striving to help join together. And he's trying to pull us together. And the way, the way we do that, it says that we should have equal concern for each other. That's a really important verse there. Having equal concern for each other. Making sure that you're looking out for the other person. And I know it's hard. And you know what? It's really hard on a, on a, on a level where we're like, you probably look around and go, I don't know everyone here. So how can, I, how can I say this is true? Well, Apostle Paul understood this. Like, there was churches that were big and churches that were small. Like, Jerusalem had 2,000, 3,000 people in the first the beginning, right? So it wasn't like they knew all each other. Was, what was interesting was they were gathering together in homes as well. And I think that's a really important part of the Christian community, recognizing, as we heard Cole talking about, what we call the covenant communities, the small groups. And something special happens when we kind of gather together. And sometimes they're formalized, where we as a church have... Uh, opportunities for you to kind of enter into a covenant community, covenant together, and, and live life together. You start to see your gifts together. Sometimes you do have certain people that rub each other the wrong ways, but then all of a sudden they become best friends. I've seen that before, where the banker and the hippie all of a sudden are starting to, like, first it's weird, and then all of a sudden, like, you're like, that's only God could do that, right? So you start to see these things happen in the smaller Setting. So I just want to encourage you, and sometimes it happens informally, you might have a group of people that are kind of that for you, right? What we're talking about here is that you're going to see the, the manifestations of this reality in, in, the, in the smaller levels, where you start to have people in your life, when they're hurting, you're hurting, and when they're celebrating, and when they graduate, you're, you're there with them graduating, and there's no, like, connection outside of Jesus. That's who brought you together. 
And that's a beautiful thing about the church. This is a special thing about the church. Something we should honor as a gift that we had this for each other. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, and second of all, prophets, third teachers, then miracles and gifts of healing. Uh-oh. Where are you going, Paul? Gifts of helping and guidance. Different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? No, that's what he's, it's rhetorical questions. No. Even the way the Greeks worded, by the way, there's certain ways you ask questions, and there's a way to ask a question where the answer is no, and that's the way he's, he's asked this question. Do all work miracles? Do all have the gift of healing? Do all speak in tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. Now eagerly desire the greater gifts, which we're going to learn is love. That's the most important gift, right? To hold it all together. Now, when we just read that list, we just touched on one of the places where division splinters churches all the time. Some of these gifts here are like, there's questions theologically, right? Tongues, miracles, like what? How, is that, how does this work? And we start to see different factions of churches breaking different places. What I love about Forest View is we have people on kind of both sides of that spectrum. I think that's on purpose. I think God wants us to call us there. We're going we're gonna to talk through the next little while. Next week, we're going to talk about why we have the gifts, and then we're going to talk about the different sets of gifts, okay? And I want to just align the gifts for you so you can kind of see a, a quick breakdown. In this passage, I want to break down the gifts into three subheadings. We're going to talk one week about the motivational gifts. Here it says apostles and prophets and teachers. You also have the word pastors. These are the, the people who are gifted with gifts who are, who are kind of helping motivate the body to do its work and function. Right, so I'd hope that I have some of these gifts. Now we've got we to we gotta be careful because sometimes the, the titles get us thrown off, like apostles, right? Some people claim, I'm an apostle. And then, no, there's definitely a special group of apostles. Paul kind of slid it in the end there, right? So there's a group of apostles who are, who are special, but there's also the sense in which there's people who, who perform these functions still in the church, who help motivate. A lot of the leadership team people might have some of this. Um, the teachers amongst you, it's a special gift that God gives to you. And in the church context, it's very special. And that's why we have some people who are leading covcoms and things like that with these gifts. Another a group of gifts is what we call the ministering gifts. Now, they're all ministering. We're going to learn that next week. They're all meant to serve. But things like helping and guidance are listed here. But there, there's other ones. There's hospitality and serving. There's all these other ones. Thankfully, we have someone like Paul, who I think is really gifted in this area. And he's actually going to speak on this and share with us about these gifts. Um, and then there's the manifestation gifts, which is the, the scary one, right? This idea, this question of all these kind of tongues. And, so we're going to get into that. I always talk about the two different kind of groups I, I've seen on this issue. There's the cessationists. Don't look. This doesn't happen. Nothing to see here. And then the sensationalists are like, all I want is this happening all the time. Right? And we're going to talk about the fact that why does God have in our church people who are kind of on both sides of the spectrum? So we're going to talk about that, and hopefully we'll keep our unity on the list. Right? But I think it's important the church talks about it, because we don't even talk about this. It's important that we recognize the gifting question. There's a lot of things going on with gifts. So what is your spiritual gift? Well, first of all, I want to say, I don't think it's just one. And one of the problems we have with the spiritual gift questions starts to become, you start to get pigeonholed. Well, I'm a teacher, so I'm not going to help with that. Right? What I love about the churches, I've seen like doctors wiping tables 
and CEOs stacking chairs. So we don't, we don't get this off from, we all have, when there's a need, we've got to kind of fill it. But the point is, there's certain people who are just naturally imbued by the, by the Spirit when they come to Christ. And sometimes it's a natural gift. Like some people can be good teachers who aren't filled with the Holy Spirit. But when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of that gift, then all of a sudden it's a spiritual gift that's really powerful, right? And so we're going to look at this, this question. Like, what is it that God has gifted you with? And, and I don't want you to think of you as your spiritual gift, because you are a unique combination of your spiritual gifts. That's the gift to the church. It's you. You're a gift, and you have a unique combination of spiritual gifts, and we need that combination. And you're going to grow some and not other ones. Some are probably just hidden. You don't even know, realize that it's there. Your small group people might understand and see it, and you just never recognize that. It happens a lot. You're like, oh, really? I didn't know. So make sure your small groups, we're going to have you talking to each other about what you see in each other. So it's important to recognize that you're gonna, you have these gifts and they're given for a reason because you are a gift to the church. You are a part of the church. Thank you for what you bring to the church. And we're gifts to each other and God's calling you by his spirit. Your whole story is a gift to the church. And so what I love about what we just saw earlier with Amy was just her, her sharing her story. It helps you kind of understand how the gift kind of functions, Right? It can be formally within the structures of a church. It can also be how you're interacting outside with, with the world. But it's, you are a gift to the church as a whole. And also to Forest View. So you see how we're, what we're talking about? And God uses you in, in, in different ways. And we should be there to help you with this. I love the, the deacon Stephen. Because what I love about uh, him is he starts off as a deacon. And he's serving tables. And he's part of the seven. And that's what he does. But then all of a sudden, later on, he's preaching the gospel to big groups of crowds. Same with the deacon Philip. He's like a, and so we've got to be careful not to limit ourselves to that one thing, right? God keeps growing us and using us. And as we use our gifts, he gives us more and utilizes us in more ways. So there's, that, that's the, the beautiful picture of what the Spirit does. He keeps growing the body and growing the parts, developing us. We're going to have a ministry fair next week. And we'll have some tables set up at the back. And there's ways for you to kind of see if, if there's a fit for you at Forest View. Where you can say, hey, there's a way I'm going to serve within this local context. And I know you're being used in other ways as well. But maybe there's a way you can think of, I'm going to sit down and help with this. I know, like, for example, our kids program, where we're definitely in need of teachers for SK and grade one. Like, maybe there's a place where you're able to go, oh, you know, I'm going to pour into some of the youth here. I remember myself as a teenager kind of wondering what God wanted with me. And one of the big influential things in my life was when the youth pastor and the senior pastor said to me, why don't you teach a lesson to the youth group? That was kind of like, oh, it kind of freaked me out a bit. Um, I did some, I was like kind of a sciencey geek back then, so I did some example about osmosis, and I did this whole cell thing, and I think only half of people understood it. And, but the, the point was that the, the church the church said to me, hey, we see some gifts, and we're going to help you develop those. I would not be here probably if that didn't happen. And so I, I want to just say as a staff, we're gifted differently, and I love how we're interacting and learning from each other. Right? But part of our call and mandate is to help you use your, your gifts. The leadership team, part of our mandate is to help you use your gifts. That's what the motivational gifts and those other gifts are, are all about. So come talk to us. Or next week, come and sign up on a sheet and recognize that you have a role to play. And, and I understand it doesn't necessarily always have to be formally in this context, but maybe it is too, right? Entertain that. This week, just sit with God and go, hey God, is there anything that you're, you want with me? How, how am I 
serving and being used in the church. And perhaps you already are right in your sweet spot. Or maybe you were in your sweet spot, but now you've grown a bit, and now God's going to call you something else. Just seek. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you and just kind of pray and ask about that. Is that a fair? That's kind of how I'd like you to apply this this week. Just ask the Lord, how, where, where am I in the body? What do you want with me right now? Because if we're not functioning properly, the systems aren't functioning properly, that's when the, it starts to break down and the health starts to worry us. But some of you are part of the circulatory system. You are keeping the lifeblood of this place flowing. Some of you are part of the digestive system. You take the spiritual food from the scriptures and you start to spread that energy throughout the congregation. Some of you are from the endocrine system and you're, you're actually encouraging the growth and the development at Forest View. Some of you are part of the lymphatic system and you're emphatically helping fight the false teachings that are creeping in from all angles in our, from our culture, defending the church. Some of you are the muscular system. You keep things moving. You're like the silent strength. Some of you are from the nervous system of the church and you're keeping the communications open and the various parts and systems are working together. Some of you are the respiratory system. You help keep the pneuma, the breath, of God, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, you keep that breath continually flowing through the church. Some of you are the skeletal system of the church, and people might not even realize it, but you're part of that backbone that's just holding. Everything kind of hangs off of that. Some of you are part of the urinary system. Remember, special honor. <laughs> you're helping just keep things cleaned out and flush. Some of you are part of this integumentary system we were talking about, where the first thing people see is you. They see hair, fingernails. They see these outward things. And so when they look into the church, you're kind of the outward connection to the, to the church, and you're helping draw people in. And there's so much more. There's going to be more than we get to talk about over these next few weeks. There's ways in which the Spirit of God uses people. Now, I don't want to hold it down to categories, but I just want to challenge you to just reflect on God utilizing your gift. Let us pray that as a church, we have more and more of the parts functioning properly together, more and more of the gifts being used together, realizing that we have to grow in our unity even as our diversity becomes more and more apparent. For we're Christ's body, and each of us as parts should not be shoddy. As we unite together, may God make Forest View even more godly.